Bismillah rahman rahim Welcome to The Mo Show, episode 11. We're still at the Royal Greens Golf Club here in King Abdullah Economic City, where the first female European tour is still taking place. Today, I'd like to introduce the first Saudi woman to become a maintenance and reliability engineer at Schlumberger. She has a degree in engineering physics, not to be confused with physical engineering. Yes. Mr. Rowan Abdul Hadi. Thanks Hi. for taking the time and coming on the show. Thank you for having me. How's everything going? Pretty well, thank you. So how did you find yourself at the Royal Greens Golf Club for the first European all-female tour in Saudi Arabia? How did that happen? So I was invited here as a influencer and I was quite confused because I'm not in sports. Mm -hmm. But uh, because this year apparently I won the uh, Iktifa inspirational story title of 2020, and because I'm the first Saudi woman to become a maintenance and reliability engineer, and I went on to an IPTC to encourage uh, women to go into male dominant fields um, and go to fields with, you know, hands on experiences. Mm -hmm. I was invited here because I was the first to do those things. And I thought it was incredible because I'm bridging the gap between, you know, sports and oil and gas and encouraging women to, you know, to, to go out and to experience and to have the courage to to do things that are unfamiliar to us as, yep. you know, Saudi women. Not every day you hear of a, of a female in, in most countries uh, that do what you do. I want to get into that. I first want to know what prompted it. What was your upbringing like? How did you get into the whole uh, oil and gas sector? Surely something from your childhood. Does it stem from there? Okay, so I'm, I'm born and raised in Khabar, Saudi Arabia. Uh, my dad uh, worked uh, works in Saudi Aramco. Okay. I didn't know that I was going to be in oil and gas. Um, going into engineering physics, I was interested in uh, technology. And going into Schlumberger, I know Schlumberger is a service company. It's the largest service company in oil and gas, but it's also a tech company. Okay. So I went in there hoping to learn about their technology. And that's why I became a maintenance and reliability engineer to to learn and the best way to learn is to you know to have a hands-on experience yep. getting getting down down and dirty as they say yeah schooling uh in saudi up until the age of 18 18 yeah and then um and then you moved to to denver colorado yeah so i first started out in uh, denver colorado i wasn't sure that if i wanted to go into science i know i knew that i wanted to do something in physics i was just not sure of it at first mm -hmm. So I went through an exploratory phase in my first year. I did all the way from psychology to science, and I even took an art history class. Amazing. Okay. Just to see, you know, if that's the right fit for me. And I think we should explore other things to be sure of what we choose. You got to do as much as you can to know what it is you don't want to do. So exactly. you ultimately land on what you do want to do. And for the longest time, I thought maybe I would be good in psychology, but I realized I was like, kind of sleeping in the class and I wasn't very interested in yeah. it. I think the moment you start sleeping in a class, you can cross that off the list yeah. of what you could pursue in life. For sure. Yeah. And I knew like when I was doing, when I was studying science and I just knew that there was this whole creative spectrum in engineering mm. that I haven't explored as a high schooler. All these questions the digging into information, you know, the process of science itself, of questioning. And it's never I, ending, really. 
Yeah, it really isn't. Constantly changing, you know, the science books. I would imagine that the books, uh, science books that were written in the 80s and 90s aren't the same ones, don't apply to today's science. There's always like innovations and- It's always evolving. It's it's always evolving, yeah. Yeah, I knew for sure that I'm not doing this and I made sure that I'm not doing this for status because engineers are perceived to be, you know, to have, you know, automatic status Mm -hmm. with the degree. And I I wanted to make sure that I had a a bigger purpose that made sense with me to to explore and to learn. And so when I started out as electrical engineer, that's when I decided to go for a degree. I did electrical engineering um, in the University of Colorado, Denver. And there was just something roaring inside telling me to go for engineering physics because of the possibility of that degree of what you could do with it. Because engineering physics is essentially uh, mathematics, theoretical physics, mechanical engineering, electrical engineering, and nuclear and material science. Like, I know I was going to die, you know, getting that degree. So if I was going to get that degree, I wanted to go to a tough school because I wanted to blend in with that elite community. Not again, not for status, not for titles, not for names, but hoping to change, yeah, you know, yeah. hoping that'll rub off on you. Right. Like, what would I be? You know, if I spend a year or four years with these people, yeah. how would I end up thinking? Yeah, yeah. The old saying, you know, you're the average of the five people closest to you. So if you surround sure. yourself with the smartest people in the room, and I would imagine that you, you know, you'd be around some smart people in the University of Colorado, especially those that are, you know, studying, uh, you know, engineering physics, and which to me sounds like rocket science. <laughs> um, you would, uh, you know, you 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 will find yourself becoming just as smart as them. For, yeah, I need bravo to t- bravo you. on you in taking the harder road. You know, when when many people would have probably found it intimidating, you know, to be in such company. It it was to be honest, I was intimidated and. I remember when I was looking for schools, I, I wanted to go to you know a tough program, hoping that I'd become a, a different per- a person yeah. and have higher purpose. And you know, and hopefully, and all of that somewhat contribute maybe later on yep. when we go into these circles. Yeah, these these were all you know unclear questions to me. I didn't know you know how I was going to do it. So when I was looking at you know tough universities, I saw Colorado School of Mines. I was so drawn to the richness of their program. And I was so intimidated and scared. School of Mines is a very tough school and it's hard for US-based applicants to um, get in that school. Let alone a Saudi. Were you the first female Saudi? So I was the first Saudi woman to join the engineering physics uh, department in School of Mines. And so I was was scared. you know, having a high school certificate from a non-English speaking country, I studied in Arabic. So I was worried that, you know, was I going to make it yeah. to this school? Yeah. You have doubts. It's normal, you know? Yeah, there was doubt and fear, but I know I, there was definitely ambition in there. And so I decided to just go for it, do mm-hmm. the required work. There was a certain purpose. This wasn't about passion. It was, you know, I want to do this what am I willing to do for it? Yeah, sacrifices. And, and so I worked really hard to, um, you know, to get the certain grades in Denver, got them, and then I got accepted to uh, School of Mines, and uh, and it was honestly the best decision yeah. I ever made. 
I'm really, I'm really happy for you. Um, it's, uh, it's impressive, you know, that uh, that you managed to be the first, uh, you know, from 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 your country to enter that program. So, you know, it's something that I'm sure you're proud of, your family's proud of, and uh, and us as Saudis are proud of as well. Thank you. Was it difficult being away from the family because that was probably your first time away from home? It definitely was. I think one of the things that I I learned so well being outside of you know or being away from home is that you learn time management you learn how to pick up yourself completely mm-hmm. but then also you have to you know study and do everything on your own versus me being at home being you know having support and you know being kind of pampered all that luxury yeah. what was not there and you see the value of that when you go but it was fine mm-hmm. it helped me you know stand on my two feet yeah. figure things out and i I think I needed that at the age of 18 yeah. to go and explore, you to grow, try. Yeah, you, you, know? could, you grow a lot when you're out there. Yeah, yeah. And then, like I said, like going into these circles, yeah. they make you question everything. For sure. Yeah. I was shipped off at the age of 11. You know, it was the biggest slap in the face. <laughs> having to have to do my own laundry. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Separating the whites from the colors. Oh, that must have it's, been. It's daunting. Yeah, it's not like a spoiled brat. Uh, but that was all new to me. Um, you, before we started this, you mentioned uh, some. You, you said something that actually stuck with me. You said passion only takes you so far in what you do in life. Uh, the rest is purpose, diligence, and hard work. Uh, that's yeah. a big statement. Can you elaborate? I, I just want to clarify that everything that I ever did was not about, you know, passion and emotion. Because when you're up at, you know, 3 a.m., working and have to study and have to learn and you have to read and you have to do all those things passion isn't the fuel that's going to keep you going passion is going to get you out the first week like it's not going to help you yeah it's like when tough situations you have to know what why you're doing what you're doing Mm. and this explains everything why i went from engineering physics Mm. all the way and you know in school of mines all the way to schlumberger it's because I had a certain goal, a certain purpose to learn. And it's because I want to learn those things, I'm willing to put in the work. I'm willing to sacrifice. And I understand the price that I have to pay. And that's what kept me going. I didn't do any of this for, you know, for status or to prove a point to anyone. I didn't know that, you know, I was going to be considered this, you know, inspirational story. That wasn't the aim. Mm-hmm. I just knew that I wanted to learn. And when I saw there were no women, I said, you know, let's encourage them. Yeah. You know, let's um, let's help the community as much as possible. I'll tell you that. Um, and that was pretty much it. But I had to, we have to do, we have to put in the work. Uh, and that's did, how we opened doors. And, and, and you sure did? Was Schlumberger on your mind? Was it was Schlumberger on your mind while you were at the School of, of Mines? Uh, when did you know you wanted to start with such a company, a prolific company? I didn't, to be honest. Did they find you when you graduated? Um, no, I. How did that unfold? Because it's not every day that you hear of a Saudi female working in Schlumberger, like going to work in an overall with a hammer in hand. Yeah, it's, the hard hat too. And the hard hat <laughs> and the steel toe and all that. It's it's not what uh, it's not a job cut out for a Saudi female. And that's the stereotype. That's a stereotype, mm. uh, you know. And and sorry for saying that, but the fact that you're doing that is is refreshing, um, <laughs> because I've never heard of anyone doing such a thing. And the fact that you're the f- the first female in Schlumberger in that specific uh, d- division of maintenance and reliability, mm-hmm. you know, is 
is news. It's it's something huge. So what's it like going to work every day, uh, you know, decked out in the way that you're decked out? I mean, it's like this entire experience is changing social paradigms, you know? It's incredible how it's unfolding. But with Summer Day, I mean, it was it was tough at first because, you know, I was afraid to go into the oil and gas industry. I wanted to learn about technology and Schumber J in itself is a tech company. And I just I knew I had to get into that industry. And I was so afraid because it's so male dominant. It is. It is so heavily male dominant. Going into Schumber J was very intimidating for me. I was scared. But when I went to my training in UAE, my instructor was a woman. Mm hmm. That was a nice icebreaker. Oh, yeah. I, when I saw her, she was, and I was surrounded by these educated, tough women. They were so strong. And I made that, you know, that I bridged that gap in yeah. my head. Yeah. If they can do it, then, then I should be able to do it too, regardless of my background, regardless of where I come from. Good and so starting in Summer JKSA, being the only female maintenance and reliability engineer, you know, going to the workshop at first, not seeing any women. I was, I was, you know, I knew that I was going to be an engineer and I knew that I was going to change social paradigms. But I always, you know, highlight the purpose. I'm, I'm here to learn. Yeah. I'm here to learn. And so right now I'm so used to it. I don't see like I'm not intimidated at all. I love the environment. Yeah. Experience as well. Yeah. And so I wear my coveralls. Mm -hmm. I wear my safety shoes, my hard hat. I go into the workshop. I talk to my boss. I work with the guys. They're like practically family. Like we're one big family working all together. It's so interesting. I get to meet so many people around the world and learn from so many people. And the best thing about Summer J is that in... You know, this kind of sound off topic, but, you know, we go in, we think, you know, we're graduates from Colorado School of Mines and we know everything. And then you find this technician who has a diploma who has been working on something for 10 years and he can explain it by heart. And that's where it hits me. Like, I'm just going to put Colorado School of Mines on the side and realize that knowledge comes everywhere. So it's quite an experience. And I honestly hope that Saudi women can come and join us. There's so much to learn if you want to be a technical person. So much to learn. I can imagine that, um, you know, conversations that happen between you and, you know, Saudi females or, or males that, that have like a little head tilt, you know, as you respond to them and what you do. <laughs> How do conversations unfold with, uh, with them when you say that you're in the industry that you're in? Well, to be honest, like at first, when I used to go back home or sometimes I would see them in my coveralls, and they would see like I would have grease or I'd smell like grease. Um, I would get like I would get some comments like, why are you doing this? Are you trying to prove a point to someone? Oh, wow. um, I got a lot of I, I got a lot of I want to say I wouldn't call it, you know, shaming, but I would call it curiosity because it's so new. You yes. know, it is new. We don't know about this. It's unheard of. And when I tell them all the great experience that you know that I'm experiencing and all the knowledge that I'm learning all this new vibrant experience I get to experience in my own country yeah I don't have to travel outside to wear a coverall now I can do it here, here. in Saudi Arabia That's I can learn winner. here That's the money ball And so when they see this they're like really wow like I I like I didn't know and you know a lot of funny stories happen you know in between like when you're the first you're breaking stereotype you 
and you, you know you got to be chill about it you just have to be you know take it as it is it's a powerful thing being the first to do something have you had any females reach out to you saying uh, how do i apply uh showed any interest yeah. in the industry yeah i <laughs> help them as much as uh possible with um application yeah any join um, after you yes uh so amazing made my day yes yeah yeah there are there are women in the maintenance uh community in summer awesome. i think i was six months i believe in or five months and i'm not sure my colleague bedra joined in and we pushed each other like don't you give up on me and like we would work together it was so it was so good to have her and then we had a third woman come in yeah is that amazing to see yes did you feel like yes. slightly responsible for that give me the honest just a little bit just a little bit <laughs> you're too humble um, um but that was your doing you know so but it, but again like so it's so important for me to you know to show that I, I could have not done this if i didn't have support also from my male colleagues my managers the hr like this would have been an impossible experience to happen but i did get you know a lot of of support and uh, you know at first I feel like my friends and family members had a question mark, like, what is Rowan doing? But when they saw how, you know, how I was changing, I got all that support. And so all of that helped me continue on with my experience and enjoy it and grow and learn and be and transform. I transformed into the first Saudi mm -hmm. woman or female reliability and maintenance engineer. I started out as someone who was, you know, scared, intimidated. I didn't know, what I, you know, if I could make it because of how demanding the industry yeah. is but i transformed and it was because of my surroundings and because i had you know you it hits you that you have to be humble you have to learn and you have to blend in with these people with and it's it's been the absolute best decision i've ever made that's amazing to hear yeah uh do you see yourself staying with them for the long run i mean do you want to climb up that ladder and um and be one of the the, the top figures in in the company so currently right now, um, I do ask myself that question a lot. I, so I started with well services, uh, coil tubing and extreme drilling, and now I'm uh, with Wireline. And I'm honestly really happy learning all the applied physics that is there. I'm, I'm happy with my manager. Sometimes I'm, I'm learning in the meantime, you know, I'll see what the future unfolds. But currently right now, I'd like to view myself as a student and that I'm still like progressing yeah. and I'll, I'll, I'll see where that takes me. I don't know maybe if I wanna you know, do my masters or not. I still don't have that clarified yeah. very much. You're two and a half years into it, yeah? Uh, two years, I think three months. Two and three months? Yeah, okay. something. So still, you know, fairly just uh, yeah. getting started. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I can only imagine that uh, you, t you know, speaking to friends, maybe family members, most of them said, why are you doing this? Why are you getting into this industry? Which leads me to my question, what advice are you glad that you didn't listen to? Did you get any naysayers saying, don't even bother, can you just, you know, go into medicine or, uh, or you know, or, or business? Did you get a lot of people saying, yeah, don't? Yeah, I did. I, I got a lot of like, what are you doing? You can, you know, you can start a cafe. You could have been a doctor. You could have been a dentist. Mm. I get that a lot for mm. some reason. I don't know why. But... Like I said, when you know, when our purpose or our reasons are clarified to us, the clutter doesn't matter anymore. It's just noise. Yeah, it's just noise because it's it's about tapping into you. Mm -hmm. And I encourage everyone to tap into that person. Everyone is here for a bigger purpose than themselves. Um, and it's up to you 
you want to take the time to answer the big questions with yourself and to know what that person wants. I mean, when you do that, you're no longer pleasing other people and running around and being clueless. You become someone that's more a bit directed and oriented towards goals. And I think it was because I kind of did, I, I, I still am exploring Rowan and understanding her that I, I didn't listen to that advice. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna go in, I'm gonna explore I'm, and I'm gonna have a good time doing yeah, it. Yeah. While in the US, did you have a lot of people's, you know, like ears perk up when you, when you said that you're from Saudi Arabia? Did you, did, did you see their facial expression change at all when you said that? Uh, yeah, they feel sorry for me for some reason. <laughs> and I hated that. Because of what uh, the media has portrayed our country for to be? For sure, for sure. I mean, I got a lot of people like, oh, what is that like? Sorry to hear that. Yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like, what are you sorry for? You know, that's just so rude. Yeah, yeah very. And, uh, or they'd view you as a spoiled brat. So it was either I was locked up in a cage, yeah. that was their perception, or that I was the spoiled person. You changed the way people perceived Saudi girls. I hope I did. I didn't. I, di I didn't care much that I would like again. Like I didn't care much that I was changing. You know their perception. It was about, you know, I'm gonna do what makes sense to me. Yeah. I'm gonna leave the rest to you. Like I'm. It's not my responsibility to change what you think. If you want to think that I'm spoiled, go ahead. I'm still gonna do my work. I'm still gonna do what I want. I love that actually. <laughs> I really do because you're like you probably felt like you're on a mission, you know. And, yeah. Uh, it's not my. It's really refreshing saying what you just did that you don't really care. You couldn't care less if I, if 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 I'm going to change what you think of me. I'm going to do me. Whether that results in me changing how you think about me, that's your business. Yeah, I mean, like, like I don't get it. Like almost every country, you know, went through development. I don't see why others are so judgmental. Yeah. About it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, do you really want us to go back and talk about history? It's it's just negativity sells. Yeah, it's just like it was it was negativity, but you know, I didn't care. I made I made friends with the right people who, you know, embraced me for who I am. Mm. Got to know the culture. They're interested about Saudi Arabia and they saw a lot of pros about Saudi Arabia like the fact that we have community. Yeah. Not a lot of places right now have community. Yeah. We have culture. Culture is beautiful. Culture creates art. It creates music. It creates economy. Sure does. Yeah, I mean, in the U in the U.S., I wouldn't say I saw a lot of culture. It was a mix, which is beautiful, mm -hmm. and I love that in the U.S. And so it was just you know blending in with people, being yourself, and yeah. always focusing on not trying to prove a point to people. It's yeah. so crucial. Like um, you just taught me something. One of the ideas behind the podcast is uh, I want to change the narratives. I want to change the, uh, you know, misconceptions. I want to mm -hmm. change. I want to change, you know, maybe a little less that just, you know, show show the real Saudi. And if someone's susceptible to change and, you know, you can convince them otherwise, so so be it. And if not, right. so be it, you know, do you. Right. And the rest should fall into place. And those, you know, that have a few brain cells to think for themselves can you know, think for themselves uh, and then make a decision whether they want to believe what the media portrays or what individual media uh, like mm -hmm. podcasts, etc., uh, is, is is putting out there. It's so, not a responsibility. So, uh, it's yeah. not our, it's not, not, it's not in our control. We can do what we, we do what we can. 
right? It's always that we do what we can. We, you know, the cliche thing is you do what's under your control. The rest follows. Yeah, that's it. Let go of the rest. Yeah. But kudos um, to the show. Thank you. Kudos to the show. <laughs> I was show. waiting for that. You know? <laughs> like, okay, now she's going to say now she never came. <laughs> What's something people get wrong about you a lot? Do you want me to say demons? <laughs> <laughs> so people think you're a demon? <laughs> um, well, it's because of the nature that I'm in. I sometimes uh, come out as not very friendly or... I, I Yeah, not very friendly. You seem lovely. Thank you, but... Uh, I do, uh, I, I look grumpy, apparently, but I think I'm smiling. You are. But people tell me I'm grumpy. And sometimes I'm perceived as uh, she's trying to prove something to people. That's why she's working so hard. You're just driven. Yeah, it's just like, again, it's like I know what I want to. Mm -hmm. I, I know what I want to do. I know that it has to take long hours. I'm going to do that. I'm just going to try. You know, I'm young. What do I have to lose, really? And so I just, I think that's, I, I do hate it. When people say that, like, uh, you love struggle. You're trying to prove a point to someone. You want to change the world. Noise. Okay, that's, sure. That's just noise. Yeah. And so I, I get that. I get that a lot. But it's just, again, it's noise in the background, not under my control. It's your job to filter and differentiate between what is something that can be a benefit to you and something that is just BS. Yes. Um, and most of the stuff that we hear around us is just BS. And if we can block that out, we can focus on the prize and, you know, really excel to be the best versions of ourselves. Yeah, that's true. And it's, it's all about your, your circle of people, your circle, the books you read, the authors you engage with, all of that. Yeah. That, that all helps us clear out the noise, you know, because we tend to forget about that when we're in this, you know, in our daily struggles and jobs. And we, f we tend to forget that focus. And it's so crucial with the right, for me, the right books the right podcasts. Yeah. Um, I was waiting for that. <laughs> help, you know, help orient me back to that, that stillness, yeah. that focus. Inner child. Do you read? Yes. How many books do you try to get through a month? I, I actually take very long for one book because I write notes and I read mm. it again and again. And I try to hear audio, the audio version of the book because I, okay, so when I choose a book, I actually research about it and then I choose it and then I, I take my time and I try not to finish it as fast as possible because I want to absorb yeah. what I'm reading. Smart. So, and, and also the fact that, you know, I do come, you know, back home late mm. and sometimes I don't have the full energy to sit. I do always try to at least spend two pages reading a day or three pages reading. I I started this habit right now. I have my Kindle on my phone. Whenever I'm waiting, I have to, I want to read more than I check social media. But I always ask myself, and my dad taught me this, after I finish a page, what did I learn? What did I read? Yeah. Just to remember Just that. Reflect. And to, yeah, reflect and um, put my thoughts down. That's the way I read. And this, this sort of method does take me quite some time. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's for everyone, but I, so I am pretty slow when I finish my books, but it's because I think I want to get the most yeah. out of it. I didn't like my question. How many books do you read a month? It's not about how many books you read a month. It's how many books did you understand from the ones you read? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That's it's 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 about understanding. Right. Yeah. I mean, there are incredible people out there that finish books pretty fast and they read several books a month. The average CEO, I forgot how many books does he read? I think five or six a month. 
And, and that is incredible. I hope to reach that one day. Mm. I hope to finish my books pretty fast. But that's that's something I'm I'm developing yeah. currently yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. it's it's uh, it's it's not a competition in numbers. Yeah, it's uh, it's how much knowledge did you gain from from, from the books that you read? Yeah, imagine um, if you could do five. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, that would be that would be incredible. I'd, but is five you know books that you really understood, or would it be better to read one or two that you understood better because? You know, you took your time with it. You right. you reflected on it. You took notes after every chapter, as you do. This guy once said, I keep referencing him, Naval. He said, you're better off reading the same 100 books over and over again than reading all the books in the world. If you can understand, oh, wow. if you can understand the best 100 books out there, like fully understand it, like read them over and over again, you're better than better off than reading, you know, as many books as wow. you can. Remember, just so just remember that. And, and That's incredible. It, it is. It is. I was like, whoa. That's crazy. So all you really need is, you know, the best 100 books in the world. You know, just but just really absorb it, get it. Absorb yeah. It. I think one book honestly changes you. It and could, if that yeah, one, yeah. if that one book is not changing, you're not reading the right book. Yeah, you're right. Period. For sure. I have a problem with zoning out when I read, so I do the audio books. Okay. Uh, recently, uh, went through uh, the Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss, and I oh, really okay. enjoyed that. He actually also was a push for me in starting this podcast. Like the earlier chapters, uh, there was a lot that I gained from from that. I was thinking of getting into Tim Ferriss. He's, um, yeah, he's a, he's a teacher. Highly recommend. Go through uh, the Four Hour Work Week, audio or physical. It's a uh, it's a great book. I should okay yeah. for sure. I'll definitely put it in my list. Yeah. There's I'm it, currently your phone? it's over there. <laughs> Is there someone out there that you haven't met that you would love to meet? Like have a you know a coffee with, dead or alive? Anyone to ever have uh, lived? Would it be? I don't know why, but I have a feeling you'll have a good answer to this. <laughs> I don't want to give a cliche answer, but this is like for real. For real. Okay. And plus I'm a physicist, okay? This is for real. I'm not just saying this name. I would, I would want to have coffee with Albert Einstein. Does he drink coffee? Yes. <laughs> he does. According to what I read, yes. <laughs> um, wow, you know him pretty well. And here is why. I think Albert, I think Albert Einstein is... God, what 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 do I not learn from Albert Einstein? Okay, one, his hair is awesome. Okay, <laughs> two, the things that he questioned. So in physics, like to question the relativity of time. So like relativity, um, the way Albert Einstein questioned things, we you know we perceived in science as it is, which is time, and he questioned that time was relative. Mm -hmm. Like profound, isn't it constant? <sighs> Oh my God, like, oh my God. Every time I just think about the fact that he thought of that question, yeah. it makes your head spin. It does make my head spin. And I want to sit with someone who dares, dares to ask these sort of questions because science is, science is, you know, it's all about advancement, but it's also the depth of our questions. And to have the creativity and the authenticity to ask this, I think it's absolutely incredible, and that's why I wish to have coffee with um, so, solid choice. Albert Einstein. Yeah, not many people would question something like that, um, and and that's probably why he no is one did. Who he is probably it's the unquestionable. Um, he questioned the unquestionable. Yeah. When you think of who's you know, the smartest guy to ever live, um, you know, it's Einstein. Uh, when people make references, um, you know, um, sarcastically, um, you know, someone trying to be a smartass. Uh, yeah, okay, Einstein, you know, he's a reference for intelligence. 
I don't know enough about him as I should. Have they made a movie about him? Is, um, there is this uh, series. It's called A Genius. Okay. And the first season is about Albert Einstein. The second one uh, is about Picasso. Okay. I watched the first season like 10 times. What's it, what's it called? Genius. Genius. Okay. I think I watched season one about, I think around 10 times or more. Is this fairly recent? I found out about Genius my first year in Sambir J. And it was uh, during Ramadan. Okay. I watched it, I think, 10 times. I'm so watching it. Yes, please do. Yeah, yeah. And tell me what you think of it. It just shows you how Albert Einstein had a cycle of ups and downs. This is a genius that mm -hmm. we all perceived. He was a human being too. Is there any truth behind him being the only person to use 10% of his brain? And I don't know of these theories, to be honest. So and the average uses know. 1%. But to tell you, I don't think it's about a percentage. I think that when, like when, when you do see genius, it shows you that Albert Einstein had a clear goal. Like he was curious when he used when he saw his father's uh, compass move. Mm -hmm. That sparked like a lot of questions at a young age. What was that I, story? How did that go? So his dad had a compass, okay. and he saw the arrow spin, and he was curious to why and why is how. Doing that? Yeah. yeah, and apparently, I think that what inspired him to do uh, physics. I don't know any stories of Albert Einstein. He was really young. I'd love to, but I don't know. But I do know this story. And it really shows you, like, again, this idea of purpose. You know mm. what I mean? He didn't do it out of passion. He really wanted to question the universe and he wanted to know how God thinks, which is 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 uh, yeah. a noble purpose. Did he win a few prizes, Nobel Peace? Uh, he won the Nobel Prize for, um, he did not win it for general theory of relativity uh he won it for i believe the photoelectric effect okay it's how solar panels work wow. so yeah so albert einstein's the so albert einstein spoke about like the photons that it's a packet of energy I, yeah i think this talk, is albert einstein i just want to google him while you talk, while you talk. like when did he die and, and here he was inventing solar Oh, he didn't invent solar, but the theory photoelectric effect is what governs okay. uh, solar energy. He's a theoretical yeah. physicist, and he died in, in the 50s. 55. Yeah, the 50s, right? Young-ish. Well, not really. 75, 75 yeah. which is about the life expectancy back then. He does have great hair. He does. <laughs> Ger German? Yeah. That's a good choice of someone who you want to have a cup of coffee with if he drinks coffee. I think he does. <clears throat> Take your word <laughs> I feel for like it. he does. <laughs> Any regrets? Would have you done something differently if you can do it all over again? To relax, always. I think that's the only advice I'd give myself. Things are going to work out, don't worry. I think that's the only thing I would tell myself. But I mean, I don't want to sound cliche of, you know, I'd not, I would not change a thing, but I really wouldn't. Because I think it, things had to happen the way they had, you mm. know, for me to learn and me to stumble on, for me yeah. to get a few slaps in my face. Learning days. Yeah. Mm. What about the world? Are you happy with how the world is uh, going? Would you change anything there? I want to change, but I... We've seen enough changes in 2020, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't change one thing about the world. As it, I want to change things, but I wouldn't have this wishful thinking of, I wish, you know, that the world was any different. I think it's cool that the world is the way it is. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a reason why we're all here. That's my explanation to how the world works. It has to have its problems. And then everyone has, you know, their ideas, their creativity, their authenticity. If they have the courage to tap into that. Mm -hmm.
great maybe we'll live in a different world later on yeah what keeps you going what motivates you what what makes you get out of bed in the morning and say god here we go overalls and 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 hard hat and all that like what keeps you going one coffee two (laughs) (laughs) coffee keeps me going um two i want i really want to learn so for me i want to learn about heat analysis and electronic failures it's the, the whole reason like I'm I'm in like you know wireline Schlumberger J and you know all the things that I want to learn I keep telling myself you know even when things are hard and I'm tired I'm just gonna have that cup of coffee I'm gonna you know I'm gonna go to work I'm gonna say hi to the guys um, we're gonna motivate each other yeah, to yeah, work yeah. Um, we're all in this together and uh, I'm, I'm gonna learn something and I always realize this like every time I'm there I pick up something and I keep telling myself like you know if I was in an office. I wouldn't have understood this. Yeah. And it's aha moments. Yeah, bubble. Yeah. It's that aha moments that makes me say like, okay, I learned that. What am I going to learn next? And that pushes one thing after the the other. The hunger for wanting to continuously learn. Yeah. So powerful. Yeah. Like I might not be, you know, a successful story. I might be a successful story, but I have to be the student first. I don't see from there. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for your time a lot today. Thank um, you. Uh, before we wrap up, is there anything you want to, you know, put out there? Any uh, famous words, famous last words, uh, any words of wisdom, anything out there you want to put out? I think this was by Ryan Holiday. I'm not sure. Genius is often persistent in disguise. So to be persistent and consistent in something continuously achieves level of geniusness yeah and that's how you uh end up achieving big goals because if you think if the big goals that you want to achieve we break them down it's just putting your head down being humble putting in the work learning every single day every single day one step at a time that's what ends up helping you achieve meaningful i guess goals and big goals fantastic Thanks again for uh, coming out here. You weren't going to come to the golf tournament, but last minute you decided to, so I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, I just want to wrap up uh, again uh, with uh, with thanking uh, the people who brought me here um, and making this possible, the Zahid Group. And something that I can learn in, in my day-to-day, and maybe you as well, uh, You know, they're, they're one of the, mo- the more prolific uh, companies in Saudi Arabia. They've mm-hmm. been in the business for over 100 years, also in the, in the, in the heavy machinery business. Mm-hmm. They're across 11 sectors, 23 companies, 5,000 employees. Oh, wow. And what, what really jumped off the page when I was going through their website was that they have these seven, seven core pillars of their company. Mm-hmm. Just to read them off, integrity, everyone needs integrity, professionalism, mm-hmm. competence, respect and tolerance, trust, pride, and excellence. I mean, we could take one word and talk for an hour on it, you know, yeah. but it's 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 profound. I mean, if you can incorporate at least half of them in your day, in in your day job, or the way you carry yourself, you can really go a long way. Uh, again, integrity, professionalism, competence, respect, and tolerance, trust, pride, and excellence. It's amazing. It's one of it's you know it's it's a reason behind why it's uh, it's one of the more desired companies for Saudis to want to work at. Yeah. And I'm just very grateful for them giving me the opportunity to come set up the podcast here in this uh, historic event. So shout out to the Zahid group for that. Uh, you know, I'm grateful that they brought you here. This is the first time me knowing so about I. you. Yeah. I mean, so. just, you know, to be honest, even the exposure, like, you know, we have these 
banners up here so people walking past Ooh, the mo show podcast what's that about it's not just yeah. something you see on social media you know you see it physically as you live and breathe so i wouldn't have been given this opportunity if it wasn't for them and it's incredible that you're here in the first uh, women's sport international event in saudi I, arabia i don't take that lightly i had trouble sleeping last night <laughs> honestly honestly it, uh, it is it's, it's very humbling it's amazing it's fantastic i can't thank them enough and i can't thank you enough for taking the time thank and you coming up here it's an hour's drive away from where you were and now it's an hour's drive back for you. So thank you for this. Thank you for having me. Do keep me. in touch. Um, it's an amazing story, listening to what you do. Whenever I hear the first anything, like I drop everything and I want to know all about it. I, I suspect that you know we'll be hearing from you as the years tick by. Uh, I see you being someone very senior at this company. Oh, hopefully, uh, hopefully. You know, yeah. Just keep doing what you're doing. Keep wanting to learn. And um, the world can learn a lot from you. Thank you, Mo, for so. this amazing show, really. Thank you for doing this. I... I can't I can't thank you enough for being for being a support system to these women out there in Saudi and to these amazing people in Saudi. It's incredible seeing you today set up and do what you're doing and getting to know you. I really think this is going to be something. I hope uh, I hope we collaborate in the future mm-hmm. soon. Inshallah. I definitely want to help you out. out. I'll be reaching out. You might be too busy for me, but I'll I'll be like, you know what? Uh, <laughs> remember the guy the Mo show from from Jeddah, you know, 3 months ago, oh, do you remember right. me? <laughs> I appreciate you're your the words. one who's going to be too busy for me. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I appreciate what you said. I come from a household with uh, with my mom and, and two sisters and my wife, so females have you know been in my life always. Mm-hmm. And um, just to see where you know the leaders of our country want to go and to see what they are doing for the women in, in our country. Yeah. You know, two days ago, His Royal Highness Mohammed bin Salman, Crown Prince, uh, said um, in a statement that the the job the female job market doubled in a year from sixteen percent to thirty two. You know, in 12 months, and I got goosebumps. I was so excited to hear that. What's it going to be in five years? Uh, really? The way they're contributing, yeah. and you know, they 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 can do whatever they want now. There's there's no there's no restrictions on them. And I was waiting for this day to come, and I'm so happy it did. And here it is. You know, as we live and breathe, there's a golf tournament, and maybe next year a few Saudi females will participate we'll in it. Yeah. I already saw a few on the driving range and the putting green. So. You can, you know, the sentence, you can be whatever you want to be that applies today in Saudi Arabia for females. For sure. Like, it's, it's just incredible, this, this evolution that happened. And it was so fast. And it's incorporating everyone. Yeah. Um, I hope we all have the courage to explore these amazing opportunities yeah. um, in our own country. Yeah. And Equality for all. It's amazing. It is really. amazing. You know, it is amazing. Uh, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm so lucky to I. be born. Yesterday, Arthman and Mullah, the, 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 the pro, Saudi's first pro golfer, he said something that I was like, oh, God, that was fantastic. He said, what an exciting time it is to be Saudi. Again, goosebumps everywhere. I was like, it is an exciting time to be Saudi. It really is. You can be whatever you want to be today without, you know, facing much resistance, if any. Right. If any. And I say that proudly, you know. You won't. You can do whatever. You can be whoever you want to be today. Really? So this whole idea that's suppressed and all that i call bs on that <laughs> you know i call bs on that we're living proofs uh, right now right we are we we're are. We're, we we're, are. we're really we're really showing yep. the this range of capabilities mm-hmm. it's like and take that media that one that wants to put a negative spin on our country yeah <laughs> this is the facts deal with it right right it wasn't always like this but it is now deal with it definitely it's it's incredible right yes. It, it's awesome Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Thanks again for your time Thanks mom And try to enjoy the rest of the time you have here I think you need to leave the airport in half an hour 